good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. Today is Wednesday, the 11th of May, 2022. Now, before we start today's show, I would like to give a big, warm thank you to all our subscribers, supporters, followers, viewers, and listeners for making this channel what it is. Just recently, we received our 1 millionth view on YouTube, and for that, I want to say a very, very big thank you. It is beyond our wildest dreams that our channel has grown so fast over the last year or so and hopefully with your support it will continue to keep growing. Now that we've done that let's jump into the first story of the day. Confusion reigns over expiry date of Prayat's rule but history hints at extension. Prime Minister Prayat Chanacha worries over his remaining time in office may have evaporated following an important resolution on the constitutional court's president's tenure. Rawit Kang Sisiatam can stay on in his post after a powerful selection committee ruled on April 22nd that his term will expire when he has served for nine years or reaches the age of 75, whichever comes first. The unanimous decision was made by five members of the panel, the Supreme Court President and Panel Chair, the House of Representatives Speaker, the Opposition Leader, the Supreme Administrative Court President and a representative of the Election Commission. The panel has nine members in total, however the Office of the Ombudsman, National Anti-Corruption Commission, State Audit Office and the National Human Rights Commission failed to nominate their representative according to the Putai Party leader, Chanalan Sekhu, who joined the panel in his capacity as opposition leader. Warawit was appointed a constitutional court judge on September 9, 2014, when the previous constitution of 2007 was in force. Under that charter, constitutional court judges served for nine years or until the age of 70, whichever comes first. However, the current 2017 constitution sets a seven-year term and an age limit of 75 for constitutional court judges. When Warawat turned 70 on March 1st, a legal question arose as to whether he could remain in office. In fact, if the seven-year term under the current charter had been enforced, Warawat should have vacated his position in September last year. The question was which constitution should be applied to calculate his term. The one under which he was appointed or the current one, the selection committee finally opted for the longer term from both constitutions. The three other constitutional court judges appointed under the 2007 Charter will also benefit from the panel's resolution. Now how does this compare with Pryat's case? Critics say the panel interpreted the supreme law in a way that benefited the judges involved. They expected the judges to make a similar decision when the constitutional court rules on the prime minister's term, pointing to a long history of, of crucial rulings favourable to the powers that be. The constitution prohibits the prime minister from holding office for more than eight years in total, consecutively or not. The opposition is expected to seek a constitutional court's verdict as to whether Pryat's tenure as PM should end on August 24th, eight years after he first assumed the post following the military coup he led in 2014. However, the start date of the eight-year limit remains a legal question. Is it when Pryat assumed his position in 2014? 
when the current constitution came into force on April 6, 2017, or when Pryat was appointed by royal command as Prime Minister on June 9, 2019, after the general election in March that year. The Putai leader, Shanalan, insists the ruling of the Constitutional Court's president's term limit should have no bearing on the Prime Minister Pryat's tenure, as the two cases differ in detail. The politician said Pryat's eight-year term obviously ends in August this year, as is stated clearly in the Constitution. Even those involved in drafting the current constitution cannot agree on when the eight-year term should start. However, legal expert and academic Jade Dunvanik, a former advisor to the Constitutional Drafting Assembly, said the time limit was imposed to prevent a monopoly of power by post-coup leaders. Throughout Thai political history, no elected prime minister has ever served more than eight years, either consecutively or not. Meanwhile, many prime ministers who came to power through a coup served longer than eight years, he noted. And moving along, endemic status may come in July. The Public Health Ministry aims to achieve its target of classifying COVID-19 as an endemic disease in July, according to the Deputy Public Health Minister Satip Puchecha. Delivering a speech on the government's COVID-19 policy at the annual meeting of the Private Hospital Association, Mr. Satip said that if the criteria are met, the ministry should proceed to declare COVID-19 an endemic disease on July 1 as planned. He said if and when this happens, mask-wearing regulations may be eased, but that would also depend on the COVID-19 situation in each area. However, Mr. Satip noted the World Health Organization has yet to announce when COVID-19 will be reclassified as endemic and has expressed concern about mutations of the virus. In early March, the National Communicable Disease Committee agreed tentatively with introducing the new designation in June. Under the plan, the rate of infection was expected to stabilize in April before daily infections dropped to 1 to 2,000 cases per day from the end of May onwards. Mr. Satip also said the country had witnessed a downward trend in terms of the number of infections, even if official numbers underestimated the overall daily caseload. It is not that we are concealing the number of cases, but it's possible that some patients who test positive from antigen test kits don't report their infections, he noted. However, Dr. Shalem Hanpanak, president of the Private Hospital Association, warned that COVID-19 is still a highly dangerous and contagious disease, so procurement of medicines to treat the infections must be processed by the National Healthcare Fund, while prescriptions of molnupiravir and Paxlovid must also be in line with the ministry's guidelines. And next up, Thailand Pass tipped to ease. The government is expected to consider scrapping the Thailand Pass registration requirement for Thais returning from abroad. Deputy Prime Minister and the Public Health Minister Anatan Sharavakul said the ministry will ask the Centre for COVID-19 Situation Administration, the CCSA, to consider cancelling the requirement. It has been kept for foreign arrivals, but the CCSA will be asked to scrap it for them in the future, Mr. Anatan said. Asked whether enforcement of the emergency decree imposed to curb COVID-19 should be extended, Mr. Anatan said the decision rests with the Prime Minister. However, he personally saw no problem with retaining the decree as it supports measures to contain the virus. But once the pandemic is downgraded to endemic status, there may be no need for it as the country's public health system is adequately equipped to deal with the situation, Mr. Anatan said. Now, the assistant spokeswoman for the CCSA said that 213,958 travellers registered with the Thailand Pass between April 29th and May 4th. Of them, 202,878, that's 94.8%, had their registration approved as the system had been more than convenient and the pass quicker to obtain. 
The test and go entry scheme was cancelled from May 1 and fully vaccinated visitors will not be tested for COVID-19 upon arrival. They are urged to self-test with antigen test kits during their stay if they present symptoms. Dr. Sumini said daily caseloads have shown signs of easing as hospital bed occupancy rates for severe cases have declined 20% compared to a drop of 25% reported last week. Now, the deputy government spokeswoman said Mr. Anatan monitored the COVID-19 situation after the Songkran festival and found that daily caseload numbers continue to decline. This bodes well for the government's move to declare COVID-19 endemic, said Ms. Tressa Lee, adding that Mr. Anatan instructed the Public Health Ministry to work with the Transport Ministry and the Tourism and Sports Ministry to come up with the action plans for economic recovery. Meanwhile, Mr. Anatan said Thailand's public health system and people's responsiveness to health safety measures were behind the country's success in handling the pandemic. Those factors were highlighted at the Universal Health and Preparedness Review pilot forum held from April 21 to 29. Thailand hosted the forum as the third model country for the UHPR pilot where lessons from battling the pandemic were studied. Speaking at a joint press conference on Thursday to announce the findings from the forum, Dr. Josh Vandelier, World Health Organization representative to Thailand, Mr. Anatan said the UPHR pilot scheme presented a platform where views, experience and best practice in coping with the pandemic were shared. Mr. Anatan said Thailand was ranked fifth in the world and first in Asia on the Global Health Security Index last year. A list compiled among 195 countries by John Hopkins Universities. The ranking underscored the country's reputation for implementing strong public health measures to combat the spread of disease, the minister said. Mr. Anatan said Thailand's response to public health emergencies stemmed from it being practical and highly adaptable to the quickly changing COVID-19 situation. Well, there you have it. There's more talk now about the Thailand Pass being cancelled for Thai citizens entering the country. I read that uh, they're going to pilot this. And I thought to myself, do they not remember that we actually used to have a time where you could enter Thailand freely without any kind of vaccine certificates or anything like that? To me, it's just another delay tactic from the government. I do think they enjoy having tourists jumping through some form of hoops. And I think they get a kick out of it. That's my, my personal opinion on the matter is that I've seen it going on for quite a while when things should be downgraded, but they're not. And they're kept in place for no other reason than I can see just to make things a little bit more difficult for tourists and, you know, expats coming to Thailand. Now, as I have said, the Thailand Pass is not very complicated to do, but it's one more thing that you have to deal with and a little worry maybe when you're applying for it to have you done it properly. And these kind of things are not what you're looking for when you're going on vacation. It is fantastic that all the testing coming to Thailand and on arrival has been abandoned and cancelled. And that is very, very positive. Getting rid of the Thailand Pass to me is the final thing that would really open up the country to tourism once again and encourage pretty much everybody to go. When you're going on holiday, you know, and especially in this kind of post-pandemic uh, world, you're always checking to see what are the restrictions when you're going here, are there, you know, are there restrictions and what do you need to do before you come? And I think it's very, very important for Thailand that when people look these things up that they see there's nothing. Just buy your ticket, get in your plane, show your vaccine certificate on arrival, maybe something like that. Just something easy. And I, I think that would really help the tourism industry in this country. It's obviously coming into the low season. So tourism numbers are not going to really dramatically increase. You will see a slight increase. But obviously the focus for hoteliers and hospitality businesses will be October, November coming this year and then into the 
2023 of next year and that has to be their goal and their kind of start point for a boom in tourism now do i see that boom coming absolutely i think there is a huge demand still for thailand and i do know that you know a lot of people will say well the russia ukraine conflict has made things more expensive the price of flights are going up and i do agree with all of that but i do think that thailand is still a big attraction for many many people and i think people regardless of the price of flights regardless of what's going on around the world if it's easy to come to thailand for your holiday people will come and that's my opinion so i'd love to know what your opinion on all this is will the thailand pass really open up tourism in this country or do you think there's still outside kind of influences that will deter tourism such as the price of flights various wars maybe even a new variant coming along the line i'd love to know your opinion guys as always down below in that comment section and moving along night spots want june relaunch Night entertainment operators have called on the government to allow them to reopen their businesses in Blue Zone provinces promoted for tourism from June 1. This is one of several proposals which will be presented to Prime Minister Prayachana Cha at Government House on Monday, said the President of the Association of Business Operators on Khao San Road. The proposals were put forward by more than 10 associations of night entertainment and tourism business operators in Bangkok and other areas, he said. The proposals are expected to go before a meeting for the Centre for COVID-19 Situation Administration, which will be held later this week. Now is the time to further ease curbs on nightlife, as it would help the tourism industry. He said the government should scrap the Thailand Pass registration requirement for foreign travellers as well. Among the proposals is allowing night entertainment venues, pubs, bars and karaoke parlours that have met safety and health administration plus or Thai Stop COVID-2 plus standards to reopen in two stages. In stage 1, such venues in 12 Blue Zone provinces and certain districts, which are also designated as Blue Zones in 16 other provinces, would be allowed to reopen from June 1. In stage 2, permission for reopening would be given to those venues nationwide from July 1. Another proposal is for provincial governors to start campaigns to encourage people to follow health and safety precautions. The Business Association are also calling for the lifting of the ban on alcohol sales between 2 and 5pm, which has been enforced for 50 years. The ban was thought to be intended to stop state officials from drinking alcohol during their lunch break. As part of their plan to reinvigorate nightlife in tourism areas, the association will urge the government to designate special zones in which alcohol can continue to be served from 11pm to 4am, but with additional public transport to discourage drink driving. Several tourist spots have the potential to be further developed into special zones for nighttime leisure activities. They include Khao San Road, Soi Cowboy and Patpong Road in Bangkok, Walking Street in Pattaya, Bangla Road in Phuket, Hat Rin on Koh Panyan in Suratani, and Namana Road in Chiang Mai, the association president said. I personally don't understand what is the issue with opening up bars, nightclubs, karaoke bars, whatever it may be in this country. I'm still very confused why they're still shut. I mean, everybody in Thailand is pretty much getting back to normal. The country's open for tourism and yet still bars are not allowed to open. If you look around the world, bars are all open, clubs are open, everybody's having a good time. But in Thailand, again, this comes down to I, what I believe has been a campaign by the government to stamp out a lot of nightlife in this country. They've always had a bit of a hard-on for it and trying to get rid of it. And it's always been about trying to stop people from drinking, stop people from enjoying themselves. This government in particular... 
And that's what I'm talking about, the military government that took over. It has always been them that have been very focused on trying to stop drinking, stop partying, and stop this kind of nightlife that goes on in Thailand. Even though it's such a huge attraction for the country. I think their thought is that people just want to come to Thailand to enjoy temples and wander around. And then at night time they should be in bed by 8 or 9 o'clock. That's not how tourism works that's not how holidays work and people want to go and yes see temples and all that kind of history and culture but they also want to have a good time at nighttime too so i don't know where all this is leading i do hope that bars and nightclubs all around the country not just in tourist hotspots are allowed to open properly and people are allowed to start earning a living and getting on with things just like the rest of the world has been able to do for the last five to six months Now, a story that has been trending over the last couple of days, resentment over Lazada ad spreads to other armed services. After the army on Monday banned its soldiers and agencies from buying products through Lazada's online platform, the Royal Thai Armed Forces Command, Air Force and Navy have also reacted, but in other softer tones. The order also banned Lazada vehicles from entering army areas. The army's ordered was a reaction to a controversial online promotion for Lazada by transgender influencer Anawat Pratumthin, better known by the social media alias Nara Krep Katoy. In the video, she and a woman in a wheelchair were seen by many viewers as mocking the disabled. The ad was for Lazada's 0505 shopping festival campaign produced by media agency Intersect Design Factory. Nara was contracted by Intersect to make the ad, which was shown on her TikTok account. The video features Nara and a wheelchair-bound woman identified as Tidarat Cha Kuwing joking about a borrowed blouse and discount clothing available online. Some netizens thought the outfit worn by the disabled character, who showed she could stand up, was an oblique reference to the royal family. On Tuesday, Lieutenant General Tirapong, Director General of the Civil Affairs Department and spokesman of the Royal Thai Armed Forces Command, said General Siswat, Chief of the Defence Forces, was concerned about this matter because it had affected the feelings of Thai people. The Royal Thai Armed Forces Command had issued an instruction to all personnel that they must comply with the military code of ethics and maintain strong allegiance to the nation, religion and the monarchy. Air Force spokesman AVM Bunlaret and Dara said Air Force personnel and their families have been asked to think carefully before buying products through Lazada's online platform, taking into consideration the promotional video that showed a disrespect for human values, especially for people with a disability or sickness. Sources said ACM Nadapet, the Air Force chief, was unhappy with the controversial ad and had talked with Air Force personnel about this matter when he first learned of it. He did not issue a specific order, believing that they would all act with discretion. Navy spokesman Vice Admiral Pak Karang said Navy Chief Admiral Sam Prasong Nilasamai was also concerned and had asked that people view the ad with discretion. He said the Navy would like the public to adopt an attitude of zero tolerance toward any show of disrespect of human dignity. The Navy spokesman asked product producers, sellers and advertisers to make creative advertisements which promoted sympathy and understanding among people in a peaceful society. And moving along, most Thais outside Bangkok want direct elections for governor, and that's according to a poll. As Bangkok residents gear up for the May 22nd election of their governor, a large majority of people in other provinces also want to elect their own governors, according to an opinion survey by the National Institute of Development Administration, or NIDAPOL. 
The poll was conducted on May 2nd to 4th by telephone interviews with 1,316 people in provinces outside the capital. Currently, the head of the Bangkok Metropolitan Administration is the only elected provincial governor in the country, with governors in every other province appointed by the Interior Ministry. Asked whether all provincial governors should be elected, the replies varied as followed. 34% said an elected government can better respond to the needs of the people. 20% said all governors should be elected. 19% said the candidates are selling their dreams, which may fail to materialise. And 13% were interested in the policies outlined by the candidates. Asked whether election of governors should first be held in four or five major provinces at the trial, the replies were 55% strongly agreed, with 28% were in moderate agreement, 8% totally disagreed. Asked whether they are ready to hold elections for governors immediately, nearly 50% said yes, with 11.5% saying no. Of the respondents, 28.65% were in central Thailand, 19.5% in the north, 36.5% in the northeast, and just under 14% in the south. And next up, the Phuket News Daily Report. Maya Bay to close again for two months. Maya Bay, which reopened tourists on January 1 after being off limits for over three years, will be closed again from August to September for the purpose of natural rehabilitation. Phuket to celebrate National Tree Day with tree planting. Phuket provincial authorities have invited people to take part in reforestation activities on Tose Hill, that's Monkey Hill, to honour the National Tree Day next Friday, May 11th. Phuket needs continued government support to go forward, PCC chief urges. The Phuket Chamber of Commerce president has urged the Thai government to continue supporting Phuket in its efforts to raise tourism to a new level in parallel with developing alternative income sources in line with the GEMMSST strategy and preparing to host the World Specialized Expo in 2028. And Muslim youth to boost Quran skills in Phuket. The Vice President of the Phuket Provincial Administration Organization presided over a ceremony to launch a Quran skills promotional project in Phuket aimed at giving local Muslim kids a better understanding of Islam. And finally, the Pattaya Daily News Rundown. Pattaya police resume checkpoints on Walking Street and ask guards to look out for inappropriate incidents. As Walking Street gets busier with domestic and foreign tourists, police checkpoints have returned. Indian tourist Sympathia says a transgender thief took his expensive necklace on Second Road overnight. This is the third time recently that a hugging and stealing incident aimed at an Indian tourist, alleged from a transgender individual, occurred in Pattaya. Pattaya police say they are still hunting for the culprits. And finally, Pattaya Marine Business Committee considers legally resuming Pattaya Bay floating restaurants, jet ski services and parasailing. One of the proposals is to forbid any activity that is detrimental to Thai culture, which means large party-style activities on a boat is likely to be restricted. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kira Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.